0: Father, we thank you for the grace and the mercy which you have poured out upon us so generously in your one and only son, Jesus. Thank you that you are gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. We thank you, Lord, that you have sent your Holy Spirit. When you ascended, when you ascended before the disciples to the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, Lord, you gave a promise. You promised the Holy Spirit. And I thank you that your spirit is with us now. and I pray that each of us gathered here today would have hearts and minds that are open to the work of your spirit through your word that we would understand all that we've been given uh, from you through your spirit. Uh, so Lord, open our hearts, open our minds. May we receive your word today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's children say, Amen. I want to welcome you here today in Jesus' name. We are so happy to see you here at Maple Park Church. Thank you for gathering with us online, over the telephone, uh, maybe in the church parking lot. Uh, It is good to gather together with God's people. It is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who gathers us together to hear from the Lord Jesus and to receive from Him. So as we receive today, I invite you to stand for the reading of our Gospel lesson from... Luke, the 24th chapter, beginning with the 44th verse. Then Jesus said to them, These are my words that I have spoken to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifted up his hands, and he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them, and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him, and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple blessing God. Here ends the reading of the gospel lesson. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Today, the sermon is entitled Jesus Promises. Jesus Promises. Imagine being with Jesus, walking with Jesus for three years, and then you hear the news that he is going to depart from you, that he is leaving. This distressed the disciples. And then, 40 days after Jesus' resurrection from the dead, the disciples witness Jesus' ascend into heaven. They witnessed Jesus being taken up in a cloud into heaven. And we know where he went. He went into heaven and he sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. But Jesus didn't leave them without a promise. You see, if Jesus was just simply taken up into into heaven with no word of promise, the disciples may not have rejoiced and worshipped with joy. But before Jesus left, he left with a promise you see jesus never leaves us without a promise there are many promises within the scripture and those promises are true for you today so when jesus ascended into heaven he left them with a promise it was not the end of jesus's mission some might ask did jesus's ascension mark the end of jesus's mission Or is Jesus' mission continuing today? The ascension of Jesus didn't mark the end of his mission. Jesus is continuing his mission. He is continuing his ministry today. The ministry of Jesus did not end with his ascension. It continues today. I have four points on how Jesus continues his mission today. Jesus' mission continues as he sends you as his missionary. He continues his mission through you. You are witnesses of these things, he says. Number two, Jesus' mission continues as he prays for you. Did you know that Jesus prays for you? He's ever interceding before the Father on your behalf? He's praying for you. Whatever you're facing in life, whatever difficulty or whatever struggle you have in life, he is praying for you right now. That's how much he loves you. So his ministry continues as he sends you as his missionary. Jesus' mission continues as he prays for you. Number three, Jesus' mission continues as he rules over the universe as king of kings and as lord of lords. So as you face difficulties and hardships in life, know who your king is. Remember who's really in control through the hardships and the difficulties. And then number four, this is what we'll focus on today. Jesus' mission continues as he sends the Holy Spirit to empower you. He sends the Holy Spirit to empower you. Luke 24, 49. Jesus said, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, the promise of my Father. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Brothers and sisters in Christ, that is the promise of the Holy Spirit, which came upon the church on the day of Pentecost. When Jesus ascended to the right hand of God the Father Almighty, he did not leave his disciples As orphans, he did not leave them to try to figure out life and how to figure out the ministry which Jesus had given to them on their own. And Jesus hasn't left you without the promise of the Holy Spirit. As a believer trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells within you to empower you in your life. And in your calling. So Jesus' mission continues as he sends the Holy Spirit to empower you. But I ask this question today. Why do I need the promise of the Holy Spirit? Why do I need the Holy Spirit in my life? can I just live life in my own strength? And in my own power? And by my own ability? I don't know if you've tried it yet, but to go out and try to live a life that honors God or to try to make it through the difficult circumstances and the pain of life, it doesn't work very well when we try to do life without God. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit to empower you through whatever you face in this life and to empower you in your calling. So number one, why do I need The promised Holy Spirit, well, A, I need the Holy Spirit, first of all, this is very basic, to repent and believe God's promises. We need the Holy Spirit in order to get saved, in order to to, to receive the forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. And in Luke 24, 45, we read, Then Jesus opened their minds to understand the Scripture. Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Did you know that we cannot understand the promises of God, the Bible, the gospel, the message of salvation, and the message of how we're to continue in our calling without the Holy Spirit opening our minds to the scriptures? So Jesus opened their minds so that they would understand the scripture, and that's one of the works of the Holy Spirit today is that he also would open our minds so that we can understand the scriptures. I cannot understand or respond to God's word and repentance and belief without the Holy Spirit working within me. So the Holy Spirit is the one who opens minds to the scriptures. And when I'm not grounded in the scriptures, then the Holy Spirit isn't doing that work in my mind and in my heart. So that's why I always need to be in the word of God. I need to be in the Word of God and you need to be in, in the Word of God daily because that's how the Holy Spirit does His work. That's how He works in your heart and in your life. You see, our, the vision of the church is that we would gather together and when we gather together, we would hear God's Word and then the Holy Spirit begins to do this transformation in our life. He begins to transform us. So our vision is to gather Transform, that is, be transformed by the Holy Spirit, and then to go as his missionary people. That transformation of, of living the life that God has called us to live cannot happen apart from the Holy Spirit opening our hearts and our minds to the Scriptures. And another thing, when I'm not grounded in the Scriptures, I'm not grounded in reality. I'll say that again, when I'm not grounded in the scriptures, I'm not grounded in reality. I'm no longer grounded in the reality of who God is and what God has done for me. So it's so important that you're in the scriptures on a daily basis because there uh, the Holy Spirit grounds you into the reality of who you are in Christ and what Christ has done for you. Reading the Bible is not about you making yourself a better Christian. It's not about you making yourself a better Christian, but it's rather about the Holy Spirit working through his word so that he transforms you into the person that you're called to be. So really, it's gift. It's gospel. Um, It's not so much duty and obligation, but it's gift and it's gospel. It's God's promises given to us freely. It's about the Holy Spirit doing a work in you, not you doing a work for God when you read the scriptures. And, and when I'm not uh, grounded in the scriptures, I'm sinking into my circumstances. Um, now, our circumstances are very real. We don't deny the difficult circumstances that we face in life. But when I'm not in the scriptures, I'm, I'm sinking into the, into the difficult and hard circumstances of life. Uh, did you know that you can't always change your circumstances? Have you noticed that yet? Have you tried to change your circumstances, but no matter how hard you try, you can't change them? Maybe even uh, uh, praying for them doesn't cause your circumstances to change. Have you ever prayed over and over again that your circumstances would change and they, and they don't change? Have you noticed that? We can't change our circumstances, but we can be turned to by God. Uh, to see things from his perspective, and to be strengthened in our lives to face those difficult circumstances. So do you need to be lifted up out of the, the muck of life and to stand on something solid and true? Take God's word. Read his word. See it as gift, as promise, as strength, and as life. That's what the Holy Spirit desires to do in you. I might be saying, Pastor, I don't know how to read my Bible. Uh, to me, the Bible is too big and cum- cumbersome and, and confusing. And yes, the, the, the Bible can be difficult for us to, to read and to get something out of it. Well, I, I, uh, I always say, let's, let's start simple. If we're going to read the Bible, let's start with something simple. Might I suggest that you start reading the Bible in the, in the Gospel of Mark? Something simple. Another suggestion is, is why not get one of those uh, little booklets called Our Daily Bread? And in Our Daily Bread, every day there's a there's a scripture reading and then there's a, a little devotional or like a little mini sermon for each and every day. To say, Lord, I commit every day to reading maybe just a a section of the Gospel of Mark or maybe uh, getting uh, a a booklet like Our Daily Bread and reading the Bible passage. Don't just read the sermon part, but read the Bible part too. Open your Bible and read the the suggestion that they give for reading the Scripture. Then read the little sermon and then pray, Lord, what are you teaching me? and How should I apply this to my life? How is the Holy Spirit working in me today? So get some sort of a devotional. Start easy, start simple, and allow the Lord to speak through you. So why do I I need the promised Holy Spirit? Well, I need the promised Holy Spirit to repent and to believe God's Word. And that's not just a one-time thing. That's an everyday thing. Every single day we need to be opening the Word of God, saying, Lord, how are you challenging me today? In what area of my life do I need to repent and what promises do I need to believe today? So we need the Holy Spirit to repent and to believe God's promises. And then next, I need the Holy Spirit so that I can fulfill my calling. I need the Holy Spirit so that I can fulfill my calling in life. Did you know that you have received a calling from the Lord? Each and every one of you have been called by the Lord All of us have. Look at uh, verses 45 through 48 of Luke 24. Jesus says, Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer. And on the third day, rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And then, verse 48, you are witnesses of these things. You are witnesses of these things. What is your calling? Well, a calling that you've received in life is to be a witness, is to be a witness of Jesus Christ. So, what's my calling? What is my calling? Well, I put a number of things up on the board. First of all, my my calling is to my family. My calling is to my family. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm an uncle. I've never been perfect uh, in my calling to my family. I failed many times in my calling to my family. But one thing that I've been called to do uh, within my family is to be a witness to them of who Jesus is. To share the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with family. Sometimes that's the most difficult thing. When you have a family that doesn't trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, to share the Lord with them is probably the most difficult mission field that God has given to you. But I believe that the Holy Spirit can equip you uh, to share the gospel even with your family. So I'm called to my family to, to be a good husband, to be a good father, to be a good son, to be a good uncle or whatever else I am within my family. But above all, to honor the Lord in that calling. Not only by being um, a good member of my family, but also to point people to Jesus. I'm also called to my church. Called to my church to be a participating member, connected within the church, serving within the church, giving to the church. That's part of my calling, right? I'm called to the church. And each and every one of you have been called to the church also to be a participating member. And then to serve within the church. That's one way that we're witnesses is by serving within the ministry of the church. And rarely are we called called to serve the church in a capacity in which it's easy for us or comfortable for us. But yet he does call us and he equips us by his Holy Spirit. So if you're only doing those things within the church that are easy and comfortable for you, maybe you should stretch yourself a little bit and say, Lord, what are you calling me to do within your church that might stretch me so that I truly can depend upon the Holy Spirit uh, empowering me to serve within the body of Christ? Because if the church, if the members of the church aren't empowered by the Holy Spirit, trusting in the Holy Spirit, then we really will never accomplish what Christ has called us to do. So I'm called to my family. I'm called to my church. I'm also called to my job. My job is much different than your job. I have a unique job. Uh, my job is pastor, so you're probably going to say, well, obviously you want to be a witness as a pastor. I do, yeah, but you also have a job too, right? And you probably interact with people in the workplace, wherever it is that you work. Uh, as you interact as, uh, in your vocations uh, as an employee or as an employer, as a member of a team, uh, then that is an opportunity for you to be a witness for Jesus Christ, So you are called to be a witness in your family, your church, your job, but also within your community. Within your community, we're called to be loving servants and witnesses of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ to our neighbors. Did you know that your neighborhood is is also your calling? That you're called to the people within your neighborhood to be witnesses, to be good and loving neighbors too. So I need the Holy Spirit to fulfill my calling. If I'm going to be who Christ has called me to be in my family, in my church, in my job, and in my community, I need the Holy Spirit to empower me and to fill me uh, so that I can do that in every area of my life. In every area of my life, I need the Holy Spirit. So I need the Holy Spirit to fulfill my calling, and then I need the Holy Spirit to joyfully worship God. It's so when the Holy Spirit enters into our hearts and into our minds that we are liberated, that we are free in Christ to worship him. Look at Luke twenty-four, fifty-two through 53. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And this is before they were empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. So if they could worship with joy before the Holy Spirit filled them, imagine how much more joy they have in worshiping the Lord filled with the Holy Spirit. If you read Acts chapter 4, you'll see that, the, that these believers were persecuted, that uh, Peter and John had to appear before the leaders uh, for preaching the gospel. And then when they were released from custody... And they were brought back and they heard about what the leaders had told them. Guess what? They all thanked God for the opportunity to suffer for the sake of Christ. So they even worshiped in their difficult circumstances as a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. So because of what Jesus has done for us in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, we are people who worship with joy. We are free in Christ, free from sin, free from death, free from being controlled by all the negative stuff that's going on in our world. We're free to worship. We're free to worship. So we don't come into the worship services afraid of God. We don't worship in terror of God's wrath. Rather, trusting in God's promises, we worship as the most liberated people on earth. We worship as the most liberated people on earth. You see, when the Holy Spirit enters into your life through his word, when he grants you repentance and faith to believe and to trust his promises, you're free to fulfill your calling. And you're free to daily worship the Lord in freedom. We worship Because Jesus didn't stop his mission when he ascended to the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. He gave the promise that his mission continues on earth. Jesus' mission, his ministry didn't last for three years. It's been going on for 2,000 years. It continues today. It continues through us. It continues as we are filled with the Holy Spirit and fulfill the calling which Christ has given to us. So he, we worship because Jesus says, I continue my mission, my ministry today through you. I'm sending you as witnesses. I'm sending you. I'm praying for you. Jesus says, I'm praying for you today. And then he says, worship me because I rule and reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the truth of your word today. We thank you for your Holy Spirit and I pray in Jesus' name that uh, that we would not harden our hearts, but that we would hear your word and that your word would enter through our ear and into our hearts to soften us, to mold us, and to shape us, that we would repent and believe, that we would answer our call, be empowered in our call in every area of life as witnesses of you, and then that we would burst forth in joyful song and in joyful actions and in a joyful lifestyle towards an unbeliever.